This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo, and this is the 36th episode of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by our latest member on humanistreport.com. I have user Gold Wolf, who is a new VIP member. And also, I got in two contributions. One of them came from Ken and another from John B. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, so on today's episode, I will be talking about Bernie Sanders and how he was hit with multiple ethics complaints from Clinton surrogate David Brock. Also, former Congressman Barney Frank slammed Bernie Sanders and implied that his supporters are dumb. I'm not kidding. So I'm going to talk about that. Also, Mississippi passed a new draconian anti-LGBT law that codifies discrimination into law. Also, I will discuss the possibility of a Hillary Clinton indictment and what that would mean for Bernie Sanders. So all of this and more on today's episode. Hope you guys enjoy the program. David Brock is a Clinton surrogate who presides over multiple pro-Clinton super PACs. Now, this is an individual who has relentlessly slandered Bernie Sanders at every turn. He even went so far as to say that Bernie Sanders doesn't care about African-American voters because he doesn't have enough African-American people in one of his ads. Now, this is ridiculous. That's just one example. But David Brock has stooped to a new low. So, according to MSNBC, he has officially filed three ethics complaints against Bernie Sanders with the Federal Election Commission. So, the first complaint contends that Sanders' campaign accepted more money from individual donors than what is allowed under federal law. So, what this means is that everyone can only donate $2,700 to candidates and no more than that. If you go more than that, if you donate $2,701, then you break federal laws. So what David Brock is claiming is that Bernie Sanders has donors who have surpassed this limit. Now, the second complaint alleges that a campaign ad that the Sanders campaign ran on Facebook actually violated disclosure laws. So every single ad that you run, if you're a political candidate, must disclose who it's paid for by. So if you have an ad for Bernie Sanders on the bottom or somewhere on the ad, you want to state this is paid for by... Uh, Sanders 2016 or Hillary Victory Fund, whatever the case may be. And so Brock is alleging that Bernie Sanders ran an ad on Facebook and didn't disclose properly, thus violating federal laws. Now getting to the final and most ironic complaint, David Brock alleges that a pro-Sanders super PAC has improperly used Sanders' name and also alleges illegal coordination. Now the most hilarious part about this is that Sanders doesn't even have a super PAC. But I'm going to get to each of these and tell you why these are all ridiculous, frivolous claims. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to whether or not these claims have validity, well, David Brock thus far has not presented evidence that this is the case. But I'm going to be extra fair to David Brock here, and I'm actually going to play a hypothetical game. So let's just accept for a minute that all of these claims are true, that Sanders has taken more money than he should from, from contributors, that he violated federal disclosure laws, and that he has a super PAC that he is illegally coordinating with. Let's go ahead and suppose all of these are true. Even if that's the case, that all of these claims are true, guess what? Bernie Sanders is still not worse than Hillary Clinton. So when it comes to the possibility that people may be donating more than the $2,700 limit to Bernie Sanders, well, if this is the case and it's actually occurring, then it's probably not happening too often, seeing that his average contribution is... $27. We all know it. We've all heard it. Uh, but here's the thing that makes this just ridiculous. Hillary Clinton takes 
much more than $2,700 all the time. In fact, millionaires and billionaires have donated millions at one time to her campaign. So why is it that Hillary Clinton gets to get away with this? Well, it's because she has a super PAC. This is why it's so ridiculous. If you are not transparent about it, if you have a super PAC and you anonymously funnel those campaign funds through it, well, then David Brock doesn't have a problem with that. But if for whatever reason you just accidentally go over the legal limit and you're transparent about it, we're going to have a problem and David Brock is going to complain about you. It's only okay to go over the $2,700 limit if you do it in secrecy. So that way uh, you don't have to disclose who your donors are if you're a super PAC. So they, these individuals who are millionaires and billionaires, they'll donate to Hillary Clinton's super PACs and they'll funnel that into ads and whatnot. And... It's a donation larger than $2,700, but yet Sanders is the one who is in the wrong here. Now, getting to the ad here, uh, first and foremost, I want to state that David Brock needs to present this ad. I would like to see it posted on social media, blasted everywhere. If Bernie Sanders really violated disclosure laws, wouldn't you screen cap that and save it? Put it forward. And furthermore, even if you can present this ad, you can't prove that it was run by the Bernie Sanders campaign unless they confirm it. And... I don't think that Bernie Sanders would not abide by disclosure laws. It doesn't even make sense. They have nothing to hide with this. See, if if you run an ad on Facebook, which is the website that this ad was run on, anyone can run an ad. You could literally run an ad for like five bucks and get it played for a couple of days. So any schmuck could have run an ad for Bernie Sanders. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Bernie Sanders' campaign is guilty. If I wanted to take out a pro-Bernie Sanders ad, I could do it immediately. Come on. Now, when it comes to the last allegation, it's the most ridiculous one because Bernie Sanders does not have a super PAC, regardless of how much the Hillary Clinton campaign would like to pretend and like to assert that Bernie Sanders has a super PAC. That's complete bullshit. He does not have a super PAC. But again, let's play the hypothetical game. Let's pretend that Bernie Sanders does not only have a super PAC, but that he's actually illegally coordinating with it. Guess who else is coordinating with their super PAC? David Brock and Hillary Clinton, because do you think it's just the coincidence that David Brock and other pro-Hillary Clinton super PACs just so happen to use the exact campaign words and exact talking points that the Hillary Clinton campaign uses? I don't think so. And seeing that the FEC is currently deadlocked and all these candidates, Republicans and Democrats alike with super PACs, know that there's not a damn thing that they can do about it if they do actually violate FEC rules? You honestly think that they don't have an incentive to coordinate? Of course, Hillary Clinton is coordinating with David Brock. Of course, it's the case. So, one, Bernie Sanders doesn't have a super PAC, and if he did, he certainly wouldn't be coordinating with it. But I don't think that you're in the position to be calling him out for this. Of all people, not you, David Brock. This is embarrassing. Now, I want to get to Jeff Weaver's response. So he states, just one day after the Clinton campaign said we needed to change our tone, the leaders of their coordinated super PAC, which is funded by millions from Wall Street, filed baseless claims and frivolous complaints with the FEC. Tells you all you need to know. So all of these complaints were filed by the American Democracy Legal Fund. And MSNBC explains, Brock founded the ADLF in 2014 to essentially weaponize the political ethics process against opponents, but it's always been used against Republicans. This is the first time the ADLF has filed a complaint against a Democrat. The group's co-founder is Brad Woodhouse, who is also president of the Super PAC Correct the Record, which coordinates directly with the Clinton campaign through a novel legal arrangement. And again, 
This is the mainstream media, MSNBC, stating, no, they directly coordinate with the Clinton campaign. And these guys have the gall to go and file ethics complaints against Bernie Sanders? Unbelievable. Now, we should actually be happy in a really weird, twisted way because this attack is proof that the establishment is once again afraid of Bernie Sanders. See, you heard crickets from the Hillary Clinton campaign and David Brock's campaign when Bernie Sanders wasn't doing too well, particularly after March 15th when Hillary Clinton had a blowout and won five states in a row. Well, now all of a sudden that Bernie Sanders has won a bunch of landslides, big landslides above 70%, well, all of a sudden, they have to turn around and reverse course. See, they can't just focus with tunnel vision on the general now and attack Trump. Now they have to turn around and start attacking Bernie Sanders again because they're scared and they want to make sure that Bernie Sanders doesn't get any more momentum than he already has. He's already breaking fundraising records each month. And furthermore, he's winning these landslides in diverse states. Now, the reason why they're trying so hard to hammer home this message that Bernie Sanders is unethical is because what's the number one complaint with Hillary Clinton, that she's untrustworthy, that she's unethical, that she's even corrupt. And in fact, how transparent this is, is apparent when you think about how David Brock just a couple weeks ago penned an open letter to Bernie Sanders saying that he needs to stop attacking Hillary Clinton and stop implying that she's, that she's untrustworthy or that she's corrupt or that somehow the campaign contributions that she took from uh, Wall Street and big business would influence her, which they will. But don't do that, Bernie. Please don't imply that. Please don't imply that my perfect candidate is corrupt. See, Bernie Sanders isn't even fueling these claims of corruption and untrustworthiness. Democratic voters and Republican voters rightfully view Hillary Clinton as untrustworthy and corrupt because she does that to herself. She's untransparent. She won't release her Goldman Sachs speech transcripts. What did you tell them, Hillary? She's taken money from the fossil fuel industry and pro-fracking companies who screw us over. Come on, like this is absolutely as transparent as it gets. Now, David Brock doesn't give a damn about corruption. Otherwise, he wouldn't be supporting a candidate who refuses to release her transcripts or that reversed her position on universal health care after she took large sums of money from the health insurance industry. If he really cared about corruption, he wouldn't be supporting a candidate who's literally being criminally investigated by the FBI. I could go on all day here. See, this is what David Brock cares about. He's not worried about ethics or corruption. What he is worried about is his own ass. If Hillary Clinton wins, maybe he was promised a seat on her administration. Who knows? So this is by far the most disgusting thing that David Brock has done thus far. He stooped to the lowest of the low, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Hillary Clinton is behind this, egging him on, because obviously they directly, they directly coordinate when they're not supposed to, but I mean, it's... It, it's clear as day. And yet he has the audacity to go on here, file these ethics complaints and say that Bernie Sanders is doing everything that Hillary Clinton is doing. Come on, man. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. This is absolutely just laughable. And David Brock should be ashamed of himself. Barney Frank is a former member of Congress who is almost universally adored by not just the party, but members of the party who vote for them. And this is in part because, one, he was very outspoken, he was entertaining, uh, he was the first member of Congress to actually get married to someone of the same sex. The problem is that nobody wants to critique him because of this. He's this, you know, he's this hero because he's an openly gay congressman, or he was, and so everybody's silent when he speaks. So when he says these crazy things, people are disinclined to actually speak out against him. But I'm going to go ahead and do that because I am sick of him running his mouth against Bernie Sanders. And in an interview with Slate, 
he decided not just to slam Bernie Sanders, but he actually criticized Bernie Sanders supporters as well. Not kidding. So when it comes to angry progressive voters, uh, he says, I am disappointed by the voters who say, okay, I'm just going to show you how angry I am. And I'm particularly unimpressed with people who sat out the congressional elections of 2010 and 2014 and then are angry at Democrats because we haven't been able to produce public policies they like. They contributed to the public policy problems and now they're blaming other people for their own failure to vote. And then it's like, oh, look at this terrible system. But it was their voting behavior that brought it about. Now, the interviewer responded by saying, it seems like you're saying Bernie's voters have a slightly unrealistic sense about the political process. And he said, oh, I didn't say slightly. Bernie Sanders has been in Congress for 25 years with little to show for it in terms of his accomplishments. And that's because of the role he stakes out. So what you're seeing here is a classic case of victim blaming. Don't blame the fact that we hold elections during the week when people have to work. Or don't blame these voter ID laws that are prevalent in very many states like Arizona where you have to wait for five hours in line and people with a disability or who have to get back to work can't stay. Don't blame that. Blame the voters for not getting out to vote. That's what you're going to do. And furthermore, uh, even if the barriers to voting were diminished. You expect us to be excited about the Democratic Party? Look, I'm not defending people not voting. I think we should all vote. But you expect us to be super excited about the 2014 lineup of Democratic candidates? In 2014, Obama's approval rating was pretty low. So you had all these Democrats pretending to be Republican lights and were running away from Obama's record. So for example, you had Alison Lundergan Grimes in Kentucky who wouldn't even admit that she voted for Obama. And then you had Mark Pryor, who was pretending to be a theocratic candidate. I'm not Barack Obama. I disagree with him on guns, coal, and the EPA. And Mitch, that's not how you hold a gun. I'm not ashamed to say that I believe in God and I believe in his word. That's what we're supposed to get excited about, Barney Frank, really? <laughs> and then you blame us when we don't get out to vote for these corporatist centrist candidates? See, now you can blame voters partially for not getting out to vote, but if the party isn't exciting anyone, if you're not getting out the vote, if you're not fighting against these voter ID laws, if you're not fighting to make voting a national holiday, then you have to take some responsibility. But what he's doing is he's transferring the responsibility unilaterally from the party onto voters. This guy's unbelievable, and yet he's universally admired by the party and people who vote for the party. No, this guy is a bad guy. Not only is he corrupt, but he's just wrong on the issues. Now, when it comes to why people are angry and why Sanders says the political system is fundamentally corrupt, this is what he had to say. The financial system is people lending money to other people so they can do things. I do think that he overstates it when he says they're all corrupt. It's simply not true. And by the way, when it comes to specifics, the only specific I have heard is Glass-Steagall, which makes very little change in the finance system. I think Sanders gets a pass from the media. Other than Glass-Steagall, what did he propose in 2009 and 2010 when he was a senator when we were dealing with this? The answer is nothing. Why haven't you looked at his record? Okay, let's put the brakes on this for a second and break down what he just said and how ridiculous this is. This is the former highest ranking member of the Financial Services Committee for the Democratic Party. And he said that Glass-Steagall didn't do much. He said it didn't change. It makes very little change in the financial system. Genius. I'm not sure if you recognize this, but repealing it led to the Great Recession in 2008. Did you miss this one fact? Because it's a pretty big fact. You were the head of the Financial Services Committee for the Democratic Party. 
You didn't realize that repealing it would lead to this disaster? Either you're lying or you're incredibly dumb. Now, you're right about one thing. Bernie Sanders is getting a pass from the media. But he's getting passed on altogether. So they're not even covering him. They're ignoring him entirely. He won three landslides from diverse states, what they said he needed to win. And there were crickets. They were silent. Nobody covered it. So yeah, he's getting a pass, Barty Frank, but for a different reason than you're stating. Now, he was asked about Hillary Clinton's corruption, and of course, he took it as an opportunity to attack Bernie Sanders. When asked, do you think she should release her Wall Street speeches? He says, yeah, but I don't think anybody is really against her because she won't. By the way, I think Sanders has been outrageously McCarthyite on that. And he clarifies by saying, yes, I saw one commercial that said the big companies weren't punished. Why? Well, maybe it's because Hillary is getting speaking fees. So the Secretary of State should have been indicting people? I mean, yes, McCarthyite in the sense that it's guilt by association. He claims about what she did with regards to all this money stuff. Where's the beef on that? And he continues, what Sanders basically says is they're trying to bribe you. Well, what do they get for money? He shows nothing. There have been a couple of cases of Republican senators trying to weaken the Dodd-Frank Act. Elizabeth Warren has been a much more successful defender of that bill than Senator Sanders has been. There was this complaint, oh, she had contributions from Wall Street. So did Barack Obama. So does every Democrat because you can't unilaterally disarm. Actually, you can. Bernie Sanders has proven that not only can you raise a sufficient amount of funds to stay in the race and run for president, you can actually outraise the candidate who's taken millions from billionaires and Wall Street. Hillary Clinton. So yeah, you can unilaterally disarm and you can no longer use this line of attack against Bernie Sanders and use it as an excuse to justify Hillary Clinton taking millions from the companies that screw us over, such as the health insurance industry, such as the financial services industry. It's ridiculous and it doesn't hold weight anymore. So the question is, why would Barney Frank go through such lengths to attack Bernie Sanders. Well, I'll tell you. So first and foremost, he's a multimillionaire. It's estimated that his net worth is between 1.9 to 4.6 million. So there's one clue. So he doesn't have to worry about healthcare or the cost of education like us peasants. He's got that covered. He could sit back and relax. He's retired. He gets his full retirement, mind you. Uh, whereas the American workers, they transferred from pensions to 401k systems that ripped them off entirely. Barney Frank doesn't have to worry about that. He's not no peasant like us. So he doesn't have to worry about anything that we worry about. Now, second of all, birds of a feather flock together. So he had the same donors as Hillary Clinton. J.P. Morgan Chase, American banker, Association, Bank of America, and he was the leading Democrat in the House Financial Services Committee. So he literally took money from the groups he claimed to regulate. You want to know who's a bigger icon in the LGBT community than Barney Frank? His name is Bernie Sanders. See, when Bernie Sanders was on the floor in the 1990s condemning homophobia of his peers, guess what Barney Frank was doing? Nothing. He was silent. You use the word homos in the military. You have insulted thousands of men and women who have put their lives I'm talking on the line. about I you and liberals like you. That... So instead of thanking him for fighting for your rights before you even had the courage to come out of the closet, you condemn Bernie Sanders. You side with the establishment. You pick the candidate who fought against your rights. You pick the candidate who's going to screw us over because she has all these donors who she's beholden to that are not looking out for us. And as a result, Hillary Clinton can't look out for us because she it, her hands are tied. So that's who you decided to side with. Look, here's the thing about Barney Frank. This guy is a corrupt establishment politician. 
that's that's the end of the story. Uh, you can uh, look at him as you know a, a gay icon if you want to do that. I wouldn't do that. Uh, you can support his policies. You can agree that he's quick-witted and that he's funny and that you know he's very intelligent. But you can't dispute the fact that this guy is 100% establishment through and through and that he will fall over himself to support his establishment buddies, right or wrong, because he was the same way. So he empathizes with them. He's a millionaire. He's an oligarch. He doesn't understand the struggle of ordinary citizens and how a $12 minimum wage is not sufficient, how that $3 difference is make or break. How even if we have health insurance, we're underinsured and we can't use it because we have to pay these high multi-thousand dollar deductibles. Barney Frank doesn't understand that. So this guy is not a democratic hero. So with the increasing likelihood that the FBI will recommend an indictment of Hillary Clinton, many Bernie Sanders supporters have wondered about the implications of this and what this will mean for Bernie Sanders. Is it the case that if Hillary Clinton is indicted, Will that mean Bernie Sanders will just become the new presumptive nominee? Well, this is hard to say. So first and foremost, the FBI can't actually indict Clinton. They can only recommend an indictment. So from that point, once they recommend it, if they do, which they probably will, then it's up to the Justice Department, particularly Obama and Loretta Lynch, to pursue charges against Hillary Clinton. So a couple things can happen in this scenario. Uh, Attorney General Loretta Lynch can choose not to pursue charges. Um, and President Obama can even pardon Hillary Clinton. So nothing could come out of this. But if it's the case that the FBI recommends an indictment and the administration succumbs to public pressure, which is a possibility, well, then what would this mean? You can't be the party's nominee if you're being indicted. That's, that's just, it's not going to happen. I don't think the Democratic Party would want to allow it, but at the same time, they've gone completely crazy and they probably would try to push it through anyway. But in this scenario... It's very unlikely that Hillary Clinton would be indicted and not drop out. But here's the thing. Does that mean in this scenario, I mean, this is all hypothetical. This is all speculative. But if it's the case that Hillary Clinton gets the recommendation for indictment from the FBI and Obama says, yeah, let's do it. Does that mean Bernie Sanders becomes the nominee automatically if she drops out? No. So here's what is very likely going to happen if Hillary Clinton drops out because she's indicted the party will try to launch a brokered convention because all of Hillary Clinton's current pledged delegates, well, if she drops out, there's no obligation now for them to vote for her at the convention. So what they can do is they can vote for any other candidate and the party can put forth anyone they want. They could put forth Joe Biden. They could put forth Debbie Wasserman Schultz and pledged delegates. They could then vote for that candidate and effectively undermine the will of voters. So it doesn't just mean that they're just going to vote for Bernie Sanders. If the party decides to get shady and do a brokered convention, which, let's be honest, they don't want Bernie Sanders, so of course this is going to be the case, well, then there's going to be a problem. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is not to get you depressed and not to get you down, because many of you are kind of looking at this as a guarantee that Bernie Sanders will win, because in all likelihood, the FBI is probably going to recommend an indictment. But the reason why I'm telling you this is because it's very, very, very important. In the event we even hear about the FBI recommending an indictment, we hit the ground running. As Bernie Sanders supporters, we all mobilize, we all come together collectively, and we launch the most fiercest campaign against the DNC that you have ever heard. We call, we email, uh, we do everything 
to get the message across that if you undermine the will of voters, if you try to put in some new person who none of us voted for, we leave the party for good. They have to be scared. They have to know that they will not get our support come November. Now, look, you don't have to be burning your bust, but you at least need to flex and pretend that you're burning your bust and that you're going to leave the party if this is the case. And we need to do this immediately. Best believe that if I hear anything, I will make a video and start to mobilize people. You can believe that I'll reach out to Tim Black, Sane Progressive, Benjamin Dixon, Noah, all these people, and we will come together and help facilitate this and coordinate this grassroots effort. But just know that if this does happen, if the scenario comes to fruition, we have to be ready. Get your signs ready. Get ready to protest because the Democratic Party is not going to let Bernie Sanders have it so easily if Hillary Clinton is in fact indicted. In fact, a Hillary indictment would probably uh, be a lot better for Joe Biden than Bernie Sanders. So be very weary about this. If it does happen, it doesn't guarantee Bernie Sanders the nomination. Now, I'm not telling you this again to get you depressed and to make you feel uh, demoralized. I'm telling you this because uh, you may have to mobilize. We'll let them know that we are not going to lay over either. Bernie Sanders needs to be the nominee in this scenario. Otherwise, the party's done. The media, as well as Clinton surrogates and Clinton supporters, have tried to construct a false narrative that a bunch of he-man, woman-hating, sexist, racist, homophobic, male, white Bernie Sanders supporters, known as Bernie Bros, have been going around just policing women, uh, policing African Americans, telling them who to vote for, telling them they need to vote for Bernie Sanders, calling women names, being sexist and whatnot. Uh, and they claim that this is a large portion of Bernie Sanders' base. Uh, now, that's complete lies because they try to do this about Obama as well. Uh, because since Hillary Clinton is a woman, they called them Obama boys back in the day. Uh, and try to also construct the same narrative and, and try to use identity politics against progressive voters. Uh, now, ever since this happened, I've been trying to show everyone, if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I've been trying to highlight instances of abuse from Hillary Clinton supporters because my counterpoint, which is factual, is that uh, it's the case that every single presidential candidate has members of their base that are assholeish. Now, Hillary Clinton is no exception. So I like to call Hillary Clinton's supporters, who are sexist, racist, homophobic people, uh, Hillary bros. One, because I want to reappropriate that term, take it from them. And two, because it, it, they're doing the same thing that uh, they allege Bernie bros are doing, which, again, you see that on on both sides to a limited extent. Now, case in point, uh, the Black Women for Bernie Twitter account, they get harassed all the time with racist, with sexist things from Hillary Clinton supporters. And many of my viewers who are female reached out and said that they've been called all kinds of names, that they're a disgrace to feminism, uh, and that they're not a true uh, feminist because they don't support Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, and this has occurred all the time, but the media, nobody wants to pick up on this because, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton is perfect. Her supporters are perfect. They're right. We're wrong. We're sexist because we don't support Hillary Clinton. That's that's the narrative that they want to craft. So a page on Tumblr called Bernie Bro Who has screen capped a bunch of instances where Hillary Clinton supporters, Hillary bros, have been harassing Bernie Sanders supporters or just saying racist, homophobic, uh, bigoted, uh, sexist, even anti-Semitic things. I'm gonna block out the names of these people because we don't need to contribute to the noise and call them out and harass them, but I just want to prove the point that Hillary Clinton supporters also have people who are bad people uh, in her base. So, getting to one here, the stupidity of a black man who thinks a white man will improve race relations, especially a Jewish one, 
LOL duped. Jane Sanders is making excuses for Bernie not being known. Please shut her up. First, let's get her some wrinkle cream. Second, a curling iron. You retarded cunts never cease to amaze me. Now go, now go cry because I used harsh language. Also, delegates, learn them. Thank you, Tulsi Gabbard, for your service to the Democrats. Let's continue to work on protecting the vote and restoring the Voting Rights Act. Now, this is what Donna Brazil posted, and somebody responded saying, uh, she's a traitor, a special place in hell for women like that. I knew something was up with her. Someone says, Nina Turner will cause her pimp, Bernie Sanders, to lose black votes. Most blacks did not like her. And Nina Turner responded by saying, my pimp, and I'm glad you know how most blacks feel about me. Go away with your gutter talk. Now, Benjamin Dixon tweeted out, here is your Hillary White progressive calling Ashley Williams rabid child. Yeah, there is not a race problem, problem here. And the tweet that he uh, mentioned is, nice plant job by Bernie campaign thugs Jeff Weaver and Tad Devine sent rabid child to attack and embarrass Hillary. I'm with her burn thugs, calling her a thug, which of course there's racial connotations because they can't say the N-word because, you know, that's not socially acceptable. So in turn, they call African-American people who they don't like thugs. Republicans do it, and so do Democrats. Someone says, uh, then that will just make you an ignorant, ignorant Uncle Tom dumbfuck, and don't complain when Trump erases Civil Rights Act and emancipation. Uh, interesting that I'm a Uncle Tom now, says one person. Hillary supporters show their true side. Um, another account. This whole witch Hillary thing is ridiculous. Hillary should have brought Ashley Williams to heal right on the spot. Wow. Someone says, it's not about Clinton. It's about young women taken advantage of by the press. Clinton lose youth vote for a reason. And somebody replied and said, Muslims like you deserve all the drone bombings in the world. Good. That, like, this is sickening. Like, these aren't just people who are saying sexist or racist things. This is someone saying that you deserve to die because you disagree. Really? You think someone who disagrees with you deserves to die? How are you liberal? Now, here's one from Anoa, co-host of the Benjamin Dixon Show. Uh, she says, as a woman of color, I do not need you or anyone defining for me who I am and which candidate I should support. And someone replied, if it wasn't for women's suffrage, which were not women of color, you would even have a vote. Wake up. So, look, you can go to the page. Uh, there's quite a bit of examples on there, and it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, so you wouldn't particularly expect this from, you know, liberal people, but you see it all the time. I've seen it. I've retweeted it whenever I see instances of Hillary bros coming at me. So now that we've established evidence that there are Hillary bros that exist, here's my question. When is the Hillary Clinton campaign going to come out and disavow the behavior of her supporters? Bernie Sanders had to do it. So why not Hillary Clinton? Why does she get a pass? This is absolutely ridiculous. It's a double standard. Look, these are Hillary bros. And if you see a Hillary bro, if somebody's harassing you that's a Hillary supporter, tweet them at me, mention me in it, because uh, I want to see it, because I want to highlight these instances of abuse and hypocrisy. Mississippi passed Bill HB 1523. This is a piece of legislation that literally legalizes discrimination against gay people. So Think Progress explains, the bill does not pretend to be neutral. It only protects people with anti-LGBT religious beliefs and nobody else. The sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions protected by this act are the belief or conviction that A, marriage is or should be recognized as the union between one man and one woman, 
B. Sexual relations are properly reserved to such a marriage. And C. Male, man, or female, woman, thanks for clarifying there, didn't know what you were talking about, refer to an individual's immutable biological sex as objectively determining by anatomy and genetics at time of birth. Now, the implications of this bill are far-reaching. So if, for whatever reason, uh, businesses like Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A, for example, feel as though their, quote, religious beliefs are being violated, well, then they can refuse to hire someone for it. They can fire someone for it. I mean, when it comes to, if you're a landlord, you can refuse to rent to someone or kick someone out because of it. And when it comes to um, marriage, so if you're a business, Anything that is construed as, you know, taking part of a marriage between a, a, a same-sex couple. So when it comes to uh, photography, wedding planning, dressmaking, cake or pastry services, venue rentals, limousine and car rental services, jewelry sales, you can say no. It's 2016 and you'd think that people would have moved on by now, but nope. People want to drag us back into the Stone Age. Now, additionally, any person can establish sex-specific standards or policies concerning employee or student dress or grooming and can manage the access of restrooms and other sex-segregated facilities. Any state employee can openly express their beliefs without consequence, and any state employee can choose not to authorize or license legal marriages by recusing themselves from those duties. Now, this bill was approved by the Mississippi House 80 to 39, so it passed overwhelmingly, uh, and it passed Mississippi Senate by 31 to 17. So again, passed easily there too. Now it's not actually signed into law yet, so it's going to return to the House for concurrence with an amendment, but it seems as though this thing's going to pass. It's going to become codified into law. Now, of course, this is immoral. I don't have to get into the reasons. We're all progressives. We know that they are discriminating against human beings. This is sickening, but this also violates the Constitution, the federal Constitution, that is, and therefore this piece of legislation will be overturned inevitably. The Commerce Clause is the constitutional basis for the Civil Rights Act as well. So the federal government cannot regulate intrastate commerce, but they can regulate interstate commerce, that is, commerce that flows across state borders. So when it comes to cash flow and businesses and whatnot, if something that a state does impacts or hinders interstate commerce, well then the federal government can step in and get involved. So the reason why this is the case is because if you're someone who lives in New York and you decide you wanna to go to Mississippi and stay in a hotel, well, you have to worry about discrimination. So what this might do is dissuade you from traveling to the state altogether. They'll lose money, businesses will lose money, uh, businesses will shut down because of this potentially, uh, and the government has an interest in stopping that from happening. But with this law, you facilitate the collapse of business, you facilitate a decline in Mississippi's economy, because who the hell is gonna wanna travel to Mississippi? I mean, I don't know who would wanna travel there anyway to begin with, but this makes it even that much more unlikely that someone would want to visit Mississippi, even if they're not LGBT, even if you're just a straight ally and you don't wanna support them and give your money to this homophobic state. So this is not gonna stand. Mississippi can go ahead and pass it now, but guess what's gonna happen? Uh, time will catch up with your ass and will be struck down either by the Supreme Court or a district court or something. Something's gonna happen, something's gotta give, so feel free to pass this now, do what you want. You're only gonna make yourself a joke and it's gonna be for nothing because this is gonna be struck down. So Mississippi, anyone who voted for this is a complete buffoon. So recently, you heard from one of my viewers who explained why he thinks the two-party system doesn't work. He sent me a voicemail saying why he is Bernie or bust. When do we get out of the cycle? When do we start asking why we don't trust these people? Why they're beholden to the corporations, but we're supposed to trust that they have our back at the end of the day? Because I know I can't do anything to them. I know I did not give 
her millions of dollars. I know I didn't do that. Now, I have a new voicemail from a viewer who heard that and wanted to respond uh, with the opposite point of view on why he's not burning your bus. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Hi, Mike. This is Will from Atlanta, Georgia. I was just watching your video on the viewer who explains why he's burning your bus. And I agree that the two-party system does not work. But at the same time, we can't expect change overnight. Um, I'm a huge Bernie supporter. And I've been wrestling with the fact that I may have to vote Hillary Clinton um, during the during the elections. And it hurts me. But we've made some progress with Obama with our progressive agenda. And I don't want to see that undone. Now, I think it's up to the people to continue this movement that Bernie has started so that I'm assuming within eight years, once Hillary's time is up, we do have a strong candidate, a better message and just a, a stronger coalition to rally behind so that the the establishment can't ignore us. I mean, we will win that nomination. So I, I understand. I totally agree with what this guy was saying on his voicemail. I totally agree with you. But. I just think it's too dangerous to have someone like Trump in office right now. And we need to rally behind someone who will at least do something a little bit. Thanks for the message, Will. So I think that you make a lot of fair points. Honestly, what I think this is all going to come down to is a personal decision at every single level. So for me, I can say that I'm burning your bust. Uh, but I live in a deep blue state, so I never have to worry about my state flipping and becoming Republican. So my vote for Jill Stein or my write-in vote for Bernie Sanders isn't actually going to jeopardize the actual prospects of Trump getting in. But I would prefer not to have Trump or Ted Cruz under any circumstances. Of course, Hillary Clinton would be better. But for me personally, I just can't cast the vote for her. Here's what I say. I say let's win. Let's not make it so that we have to make this difficult decision. I don't want anyone having to choose between a lesser of two evils ever again. So let's win. Phone bank, donate, do what you can to stop Hillary Clinton from winning the nomination. Because, look, I, I understand. Like, I, 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 I truly believe that Will, you know, I hear the despair in his voice when he talks about how he might have to vote for Hillary Clinton. And nobody who's a Bernie supporter really wants to vote for Hillary Clinton because once you've had a taste of Bernie Sanders, a true progressive, why would you ever go back to the establishment pick? So look, just for me personally, I think more and more I've leaned mostly towards burning your bus at this point. It's inconceivable that I would vote for Hillary. But I mean, you've got to make your own decision. I mean, if you're in a swing state, this story is completely different. But I'm in a deep blue state, so I really have no reason... Uh, to vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, but again, it comes down to the individual. So I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts. Uh, if you live in a swing state, I'm particularly interested to hear from you in the comment section and whether or not you're burning your bust. Uh, so comment down below. That's all I got for you guys. I will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in so loyally each week. And I also want to welcome all of the newest subscribers I have to the channel. We are about to pass 30,000 subscribers. So we are moving along along very fast. And this is still mind-blowing to me. It's a little bit scary and intimidating just because I've never had that many people listen and want to hear what I have to say before. But uh, you guys are tuning in in droves. And this makes me feel so honored. So I really, uh, it means the world. Thank you guys so much. Uh, see you guys next week. You are watching the second part of a discussion that I had with Tim Black on his channel. Uh, I'll put a link in the description box as well as an annotation on the screen so you can check out that discussion. Uh, head on over there and subscribe. This is one of the best YouTubers right now.
and he is doing really big things. Uh, so, Tim, I'm happy to pick up the conversation on my channel, man. Oh, man, look, man, thank you so much for lying to all of your audience members about me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and, and look, man, and like I told everyone else, man, I feel the same way about you, man. You're an up-and-comer, man. You're a go-getter, man. And we love your message, Mike. Everyone loves you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. You too. Uh, now, starting this conversation, I'm going to start with some good news. So as of today, I don't know if you heard, you probably did because you follow news a lot. Uh, there's a new Bloomberg poll that was released that shows that Bernie Sanders took the national lead, 49 to 48 over Hillary Clinton. Dude! Dude! <laughs> crazy dude that's that? what's up. That's what's up, man. <laughs> Someone called into my show, Mike, and told me, man. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> We knew it was going to happen. It was just like you said earlier on part A. It was just a matter of time, Mike. I literally, like, when I saw that, I jumped up. I was like, yes! Like, I was so excited because all these media pundits, they're over here calling Bernie Sanders to drop out, and he already responded. He said it's absurd. He's not going to do it. But everyone, Hillary Clinton, her supporters, the media, they all want him to drop out. And then you see this new poll. It's like a big middle finger to all of them. And, oh, my God, it came at a perfect time. Love it, especially after Arizona and whatnot. But man, this That's is right. this is what we needed to re-energize our campaign and the political revolution. And I am stoked That's about right. that. Raising, we're still raising money and we're still pushing the dialogue. And now we pass them in the polls. That's only going to help more. It's like you say, stimulate the base, get people excited, man. And people are ready. I know people are just waiting to vote in California, waiting to vote in New York. And I'm waiting in Maryland to vote, man. We can't wait. So that's what it is. Oh, I'm in Oregon, and we're going to blow it out of the park. Like, we have mail-in ballots. Our turnout is going to be high. We have automatic registration. Best believe that Bernie's going to win in a landslide in Oregon. Hear me now. Quote me later. It's going to happen, guys. And if not, then I'm going to move out of Oregon. But no, no, no. It's going to happen. <laughs> not going to say that. <laughs> but here's what I want to talk to you about. So I have a question about uh, demographics. So me and you are both in two different de different demographics that don't seem to support Bernie Sanders. So when it comes to the African American community, Hillary Clinton is winning that hands down. We can't admit we can't lie about that. Uh, even though Bernie Sanders has made progress, it's still the case that he has a lot of work to do. Now, for me, uh, we don't have polls on this, but for the LGBT community, uh, anyone who I talk to likes Bernie Sanders. But if they're a member of the LGBT community, it seems as though they like Hillary Clinton more and my theory is that it's just because they don't know about his record on the issues so i wanted to get your take on that like do you think it's the same i mean these are two very different communities but why do you think it's the case that Ber bernie sanders is or excuse me that hillary clinton is doing so well among these two groups I think it's all perception, man. And the fact that the Clintons have been around so long, like we say with name recognition, I think a lot of African-Americans, for some reason, they have a false perception. They remember the 90s or they heard talk of the 90s. That's why it's so resonant with older black folks. They just remember them. And frankly, a lot of a lot of black folks are kind of wary of white folks when it comes to politics. I mean, the 1960s are not that long ago. And we remember at times we're trying to get our rights, trying to civil rights marches. We remember we've we known about police brutality for decades. It's been going on for hundreds of years in the United States. It's just now becoming like a thing we talk about. So there's a lot of skepticism in the black community towards politicians 
in general, in fact, in the country, but even more so in the black community. In fact, I've faced like my own level of criticism just for being involved in it. They're like, Tim, you don't need to be worried about this. And that's not because it's Bernie Sanders or Hillary. It's just politics in general. So just speaking based on what I've um from my community based on um, just, and I'm not, once again, let me say, man, I don't speak for all black people, but I'll say the name means a lot. Some people feel a little guilty as well because they chose Barack and they felt bad for Hillary when she cried in Iowa and a whole other bunch of other stuff that shouldn't <laughs> matter. And look, also, they're not aware of the issues. Like they didn't know about super predators. And by the time they knew about super predators, they had already voted for her. Right. And what I want to say is that I would like Hillary Clinton to know what a super predator is. So Hillary, here are some specific instructions. Go to google.com and I want you to Google Goldman Sachs CEO, click on images. That's what a super predator is. Someone who wrecks the economy, which affects only about 100% of the population. That's a super predator, but I'm going to go on a tangent because the super predator thing pissed me off. And I'm so glad that shout out to Ashley Williams who protested her that day. That was phenomenal. That was so great. That was brave, by the way, as well with Secret Service and whatnot. That that was amazing. I think what you're saying, like the mistrust of politicians is absolutely true. I think that it makes sense. The, the name recognition that the Clintons have. I mean, you have the most powerful machine in the country. I mean, I can't think of a Republican family besides the Bushes that are as powerful as the Clintons. So it makes sense that uh, Hillary Clinton is known by not just African-Americans and LGBT people, but everyone. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, and, and look, man, I'm not saying this right. I'm just saying I think that's the reality of the situation. I wish it was different. I wish I could be everywhere. Like, and I wish I could have been in South Carolina, like talking to people, put me in a room. So I am a little pissed, Mike, because I feel like the campaign should have reached out more to African-Americans and had us out there ahead of time. Why didn't somebody come holler at your boy Tim Black and say, come with us down to Georgia, come with us down to North Carolina, South Carolina, come talk to people. Look, Killer Mike, he's big. He's kind of slow. He can't do everything on his own. Nina Turner, she's just one person. She can't be everywhere. You need more surrogates. And frankly, I'm not seeing enough black surrogates to talk to black people. You know, I, I think that's important. I think if you want, like, I don't know about the LGBT community, but I think you would want some LGBT people talking to LGBT people. I guess. Right. Right. No. I, and I don't think that the campaign has made a big enough effort to actually highlight his record. I mean, if you if you're Bernie Sanders, you go and you gloat about the fact that you were the first mayor uh, in Vermont, in Burlington, Vermont, to put in anti-discrimination legislation that included protection for LGBT people. He almost got his career destroyed. Like I say this all the time on my podcast, like city council went after him with pitchforks. They did not want this. So if you're Bernie Sanders, you gloat about that. You gloat about the fact that you came out in favor of marriage equality way before Hillary Clinton. She was one of the last people in the Democratic Party who is a big name to come around to marriage equality. It, it's absolutely frustrating. So I want Bernie Sanders to go harder on this point because Hillary Clinton is pretending to be the biggest ally in the world. We all know that's not the case. And the problem is that people just don't know about Bernie Sanders' past activism. But I will say this, man, part of the problem, and I don't know if this exists in your community, but I'll say this. We got some sellouts, pastors, we got some Congress people who have the ear of certain black people in these communities who are been who have been eating at the trough of the Clintons for so many years that they're willing to say anything 
to keep the money train going. Like that money train got to keep running. So that's part of the problem when you got people like John Lewis, who I respect or used to respect, running out, lying about Bernie Sanders, lying about his record, planting seeds of doubt that he had civil rights, uh, true credibility. You know, that hurt Bernie Sanders, frankly. They said, well, these guys are liars. Like, you know, he's lying about his civil rights and we know what's true now and they can walk it back. But once you put out a lie, and then you retract it, it never, the, the the fix never quite settles or permeates to the extent that the lie did. So that was part of why I think Bernie Sanders didn't do so good in the South. Absolutely. And the, the point about sellouts, that's so true with the LGBT community as well. So the largest pro-LGBT organization, the Human Rights Campaign, so they endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders because their board voted. And when you look at the president of the HRC, uh, he used to work for Bill Clinton. So I'm guessing that maybe he wants to get a job on Hillary Clinton's campaign as well. But yeah, there's people who will put uh, the campaign and their own personal self-interest above the, their entire community. And it's something that is so frustrating to me because if you genuinely like Hillary Clinton, then endorse her. I, I don't have a problem with you just preferring Hillary Clinton, but in actuality, we know that's not the case. We know that there's these backroom deals that are incredibly frustrating and it's just so disheartening. But one thing that I wanted to uh, get your opinion about is young voters, since we're kind of on the topic of demographics. Um, so Hillary Clinton, she just cannot fathom why young people would not want to vote for her. And you see no effort to reach out to young voters other than pandering. She, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video on Snapchat of her. It was so cringy. Of she had her little chillery. Uh, it was like a thing that you put over your drink, and she's like, "I'm just chilling," and it said, "Chillery Clinton." I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. That oh, the cringe. Like I, I got a physical reaction to that. It was like so cringing. My body tensed up. But here's here's one of the reasons why I think that young people don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. She, as well as the Democratic Party, they haven't gotten on board with issues that disproportionately impact young people or that they really care about. So one thing is climate change. She's taking money from the fossil fuel industry and from pro fracking companies. This is our future. Uh, another thing is marijuana legalization. Now a majority of the country are in favor of legalizing marijuana and she is not taking a strong stance on it. Well, I want to wait and see how, you know, Oregon and Colorado does. It's doing fantastic here and we've raised revenues for schools and actual uh, user rates have gone down when it comes to youth. Uh, so the reason why, Hillary Clinton, we don't support you is because you're not tapping into what we want. We don't want a $12 minimum wage. We want a $15 minimum wage. We want a warrior who's going to stand up and fight for us. And that's not happening with Hillary Clinton. Yeah, if you leave it to Hillary Clinton, man, if you had people like Hillary, these pragmatists, uh, we would still be sitting on the back of the bus, black folks. Uh, we would be saying, giving us excuses why we shouldn't be able to vote. We'd still be discriminated against in all corridors of the government, even to a more of an extent than we are now, because it's people like Hillary who say, well, we can't do that. We need to set our sights a little lower. Uh, how about, you know, we'll make you a indentured servant instead of a slave. I mean, that's the type of little baby steps she wants to take. And that's not exciting for young people or older people, actually, you know? I know we're in different age groups, but I, as a 40-year-old guy, man, I'm not excited by that crap. I don't got all day. I don't have 10 years to wait for Hillary to come around or to flip-flop and want get, to get the record straight, you know? So right. I'm, I'm pissed about that. But another thing, man, 
the death penalty. That's huge for me mm. because I'm I'm heavy off into civil rights. I'm heavy off into police brutality and doing something about mass incarceration in our prison systems. And I know for a fact, Hillary knows we hand out the death penalty disproportionately to poor people and even more so to poor black people. And she's still for it. I don't think she can call herself a progressive. And I'm pissed that she does that and people don't call her out. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand how people who vote for Hillary Clinton aren't outraged at this fact. Of course, there are some people who, in theory, are crazy. You know what I mean? Like serial killers. Of course, that's the case. But the problem is that in practice, that's not the way that it works. People are framed. Thank God for the Innocence Project, because without it, there'd be so many people who are innocent, disproportionately African-American men, who would get killed when they didn't do anything wrong. So because we can't get it right, even, even if it's just if we get one case wrong out of one million, it's wrong. It's wrong. We have to end it. And the fact that Hillary Clinton is claiming to be a progressive, but she won't uh, support a repeal of the death penalty, it blows my mind. That's cruel and unusual punishment. It's against the Constitution. If that's not cruel and unusual punishment, then nothing is. We can nothing. do anything we want. Exactly, man. I, I, you know, like I tell everyone, man, it's not that she's a woman. That's fine. I, you know, I love women. My mom's a woman. You know, that's great. But, but. You got to be the right woman running for the right job. And I don't think the job as president is the job I'd vote for, vote for her, vote for Hillary for. And and I'll say this, man, if 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 Bernie Sanders had the same policies as Hillary Clinton, I wouldn't vote for him. I'm not voting for Bernie Sanders because I just like his name or I just like his style, the way he talks or the way he does his hand like this. No, I'm voting for Bernie Sanders because I like his policies. I like what he stands for. I like his integrity. And I just don't see that president Hillary Clinton. So you can call that bashing if you want to. I just call it my right to choose the best candidate. And I think the best candidate is Bernie Sanders, man. Right. And you know what's sad is that we shouldn't even have to say this. We shouldn't have to say, I don't support Hillary Clinton you know, because of, or I don't not support her because of her gender. That it's obvious we're progressives. You know, we were fighting on every side uh, of the issue that was right from the beginning. But if, if one thing that I always bring up on my podcast is that many of Bernie Sanders supporters, I'd probably say the overwhelming majority who knew him and was there from the beginning, they backed Elizabeth Warren before we even knew that Bernie Sanders was running. So if she announced her bid for the presidency, Guess what would be happening right now? We'd all be backing Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders wouldn't have even needed to step in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Bernie really wasn't excited about running, and it was sort of like a nominated, like people were like egging him on to give this a shot. So that's another reason that makes me let a guy, man. That, hey, he's not in it for power. He's in it for doing the right thing. So, I mean, what else can you say, right? Right. So, like, one last thing I wanted to get uh, to is I wanted to get your opinion on the transcripts for Hillary Clinton and how it's because for me personally, it's crazy to me that people can vote for her when she clearly has this big thing that she's hiding and she won't reveal. How do you have that bit of information that she's keeping this from you? She can release it, but she won't. And you still vote for her. That I just wanted to get your opinion on that. <laughs> I mostly want to hear you rant, but <laughs> man, look, like, uh, look, Bernie Sanders says it better than anyone when he says, hey, you gave this speech, it was worth, what, $275,000, $325,000? I don't know. Some crazy amount of money. It must be the world's greatest speech. Why would you not share it with the world? You know, and I feel the same way, man. You know, but my thing is, why are people thinking a woman who can earn that type of money or a man or anyone who can make that type of money speaking to Wall Street would have your best interest at heart when it comes to locking down Wall Street? I mean, come on, man. Look. I got a little show. 
It comes on every day. There are people who have contributed to my show as little as $5 a month. But you know what? They want something for that $5 a month. They don't just do it just to do it. And if I start one day talking about tuna fish or, I don't know, spam, they'll be like, what the hell is this? I didn't give you money to be start to change your format. So look, logic dictates that when people give you money for stuff, they have an expectation. But for some reason, these Hillary Clinton supporters, they think, oh, well, though, she was giving money, but it won't influence her. It's not like they had a reason for doing it. Come on, man. So that's how I feel about it. And I just I just think anyone who who like puts their biases aside, they got to realize she's influenced by that money. Who wouldn't well, be? You're not human if you're not influenced by money. I mean, you said it perfectly with people who's just given five dollars to your show. Of course, you, you like you have to try to appease the people who are making what you do possible. So, of course, it's the case that if somebody is given um, me a hundred dollars each month or $5 each month or any amount of money each month, I'm going to do my best to make sure that they are satisfied with the product that I'm producing because I'm a human being. I know that if I want to keep doing this, I've got, I've got to make sure that the people who fund this are happy. And to deny that that has any influence over you like Hillary Clinton does, it makes you a robot, not a human being, because 100% of the human population is influenced by money. Sorry, Hillary, but that's a fact. Right. So either look, so either she's lying to us or she's lying to the people whose money she's taking. Either way, still a liar. Either way, you slice it. Because we know that she told them something that would be devastating for her campaign. So if she releases the transcripts, that's going to be terrible. We're, you know me and you are going to be the first people to run away with it and analyze the hell out of it. But if she doesn't release it, then the suspicion will continue to build and build. So either way, she's backed into a corner. So what would be the solution for her? Well, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Don't care. Release the transcripts. That's what that's what I got to say. <laughs> At this point, she can't do anything. She's got to continue to stonewall. I don't expect her to release nothing except gas and more uh, more vacuous talk on her campaign trails. And she talks to no one about nothing about you know more of that crap that I can't. It's like fingernails down a chalkboard, man. I can't listen to it for long periods of time. You mean you don't respond well, Tim, to focus group-driven tactics where they put their thumb like this and they go, I support the middle class. That doesn't respond to you? What? What? Yeah, man, it's weird, man. I, I like authenticity. I don't know what it is. I just want people to be real. Oh, man. Yeah, no, you nailed it. 100%. You nailed it, Mike. You nailed it, Mike. No, you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> guys, please subscribe to Tim if you haven't. If every single one of my subscribers, you have to be subscribed to Tim. If you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I don't want to take up too much of Tim's time. But man, this has been really, really fun. Everyone get over to his channel. Check out part one if you haven't already. Tim, thank you so much, man. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me, Mike. This was cool. We got to do it again by default. And also, I want you to do a video with the same progressive, Debbie. I'm going to do one with her, and we need to continue this road, man, because we're all progressives, and we're going the right way. Absolutely. And let me just remind everyone that if you take your channel, my channel, Debbie's, uh, Ben Dixon, and you put us all together, we're a force. We're 100,000 subscribers strong, man. So we have a small we have a small army right now, um, and we're coming. So absolutely, yeah, you can expect collaborations with everyone. I, I'm excited to talk to Debbie, uh, Ben, Anoa, all these people who I've been really excited to talk to once I get an HD cam, which I finally have. 
Now it can happen. No doubt, man. Oh, and I have to do a shout out. I'm sorry, man. Shout out to H.A. Goodman, writer for Huffington Post Salon. He's a good friend and also he's a good person for you to team up with, Mike. Um, I highly recommend his work. And he's he's been on my channel and Ben Dixon's, so it's only natural that you hopefully you can get him on your channel as well. Absolutely. Actually, I am familiar with H.A. and his work is great. Like he's the one person who is so unapologetically Bernie Sanders, even more so than you and me, maybe that he gets like hate from it, like constantly, but he's not stopping. And I love that so much. He is not backing down. And that's one of the things that I love about H.A. But yeah, I definitely want to have him on as well. There's a lot of people who I want on, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. So, yeah, good things coming. That's it, man. Thanks a lot for having me, Mike. I'm gone, man. All right, man. Well, take care. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this. I'll see you next time.